this is Jason from Fire in a Hole, writing solo today. Um, my partner Richard is on assignment. Um, and uh, this is going to be the first installment of something called One Shots, which, uh, which are shorter interviews, uh, generally one-on-one, -on -one, uh, with individuals who are doing interesting things and up to interesting things um, that either we cannot bring to the studio because of distance or because uh, they're just difficult to nail down. So this is a, sort of a, an exploration, an experiment, if you will. And if you like these one-shots, uh, we're going to be doing more of them uh, as the year unfolds. So uh, this time I decided to, I uh, got into a conversation with a, um, a friend, uh, Gary Bloom, who's uh, the, uh, an author, a, a musician, a recording artist, um, a novelist, but most recently is the creator mastermind behind the Redlands comics. So Gary is from Plains, uh, Plainsview, New York, um, originally from Orange County, New York, if I remember correctly. And uh, just, a, just an all-around really great guy, um, very enthusiastic, very excited about his project. And I thought it'd be cool to sort of uh, talk to someone who was doing it all himself, because it's a very DIY situation and very do-it-yourself uh, sort of situation. And for anyone who wants to start their own comic book or any other type of artistic project, you know, I thought it would be uh, sort of interesting to see where he got his inspiration from and um, what he's up to. So that's Gary Bloom for Redlands Comics, and this is Fire in a Hole One Shot. Check it out. So uh, welcome to Fire in a Hole. Thank you for Thank joining you. us. So you're joining us from New York, is that right? I am. I'm uh, Plainview, New York. Where is that exactly in relationship to uh, the city of New York? Ah, the city of New York. So uh, I am, I don't know, on Long Island, okay. which is, I suppose, what is that? That's east of New York? I don't know. I, I am a recent transplant to this area. I'm, I'm a proud, uh, pr proud citizen of uh, Orange County, New York, where okay. it was always... Uh, east and south to head to the city, and now I'm still trying to figure it out because it's not quite a year yet. Cool, man. So, uh, just as a bit of a background, like, so you were saying to me that uh, uh, you started out um, pretty much from, since you were a kid. You've kind of been, you've had your head in the clouds a little bit, right? You, you've you've had uh, sort of your imagination running wild. You've you've wanted to dabble in various things, computers. Uh, dude, I'm a dyed in the I'm a dyed in the wool nerd. Um, I don't. I don't make any bones about that. I mean, uh, I yeah, I'm I'm a big sports fan and, and I'm a musician, but um, you know that that doesn't change the the fact that that I'm a nerd at heart. Uh, what was I seven years old when I picked up the the manual to to my grandparents' computer and started figuring stuff out and started programming the first game at nine, uh, riding the the bike to the comic store, <laughs> the three miles to the comic book store through the city, just to be able to get my my Superman and my my AD&D comics and huh. uh, you actually read Star Wars role playing game growing up because that was more fun than playing Dungeons and Dragons. Wrote my own paper and dice role playing game that uh, the the cool kids wouldn't let us play Dungeons and Dragons with them. Really? So, uh, so I wrote my own game. Um, so yeah, I've been I've been messing with the stuff for a while. You know, reading the sci fi stuff and all that before they they killed off the expanded universe. I think I read something like 36 to 40 Star Wars uh, books, and uh, <laughs> that was oh wow! Awesome. So, okay, so you want yeah. you one of those guys with the the wall, the shelves of uh, fanfic or uh, expanded universe uh, Star Wars books? 
you know, when we moved, I donated a lot of it um, to the used bookstore back up in Orange because I was I was bummed out that they, they killed off the, the extended universe. But I've got this, I mean, the shelf right above where the computer's sitting right now. And there's, uh, I've got my Timothy Zahn trilogy. And let's see, there's uh, some Dune books. There's my Ender's Game, my Hyperion Quartet. Uh-huh. So, uh, so yeah, um, I'm still, uh, I'm still that guy. Clearly, you've always had pretty much. You were born with um, a compulsion to, uh, I guess, create stuff in one way or another. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. Um, it, it's just, it's just always been interesting. It's like you know, both of my grandfathers are, are um, both of my grandfathers are engineers, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and my dad's mother was, I mean. She was this amazing cook and used to build things with us and, and would let us in the kitchen with her sometimes. My father's been in the food industry and, and you know, I've watched him uh, do stuff like that. And, and and so, I mean, in various forms. And, and my dad, my dad's been playing guitar since he was 16. So that's, uh, what's he, he's, uh, 62 now, I, I think. So, you know, building music and writing music and, and, you know, and yet this is the same guy who encouraged reading on a major level to the point where, a Saturday afternoon in the Bloom House growing up would be everybody in the living room, mom on the couch, dad on the chair, me laying on the floor, my brother, God knows where, <laughs> and just you know, all, all laying around reading our books or reading comic books and stuff like that. So, That's I mean, awesome. I, I'll be honest, uh, part of the reason that, you know, I mean, Red Lance is the comic book and, and you know, it's the, the first title and, and, yeah, we have hopes on other titles and all that. But, I mean, I named, I named the company Howmark because it's, you know, my dad's Howie. And uh, and so because you know that, that's that's the guy who's kind of the source of the powers I suppose him and my grandfather. Interesting. That's very interesting. So speaking of comics, uh, so we can kind of get towards the the heart of the matter. <laughs> um, when comic books was that something you were into right away from the beginning, or did what do you uh, remember? Do you remember maybe what what got you into the comics? Specifically, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of how early it actually was and what started it. Um, you know what? My dad, my dad gave me this book. Um, and like I said, you know, a lot of the reading stuff comes from, from my parents. The my, my parents are, are massive readers to the point where they do the whole. They'll hit a um, they hit the library on Saturday morning and they'll like they'll spend a weekend killing books um, and you know and, and have them back in the library by Tuesday. Uh, so he found some old stuff at his parents' house, and one of them was this really cool, big red hardcover book of Origins. Um, I had like it had Jay Garrick as the Flash in there, and uh, you know I always remember like looking up. It's like how does hard water make somebody fast? And uh, and then um, the Human Torch, like the original Human Torch, it had Toro in it. it was oh really yeah, cool, fantastic four stuff and. Um, the Spectre was in there, and I, you know, I don't remember all of them. I think Shazam may have been in there also. You know, back when he was Captain Marvel, when you could call him Captain Marvel instead right. of Shazam. So I mean, it, there were these cool things I loved, and I read it over and over and over. Um, and somehow that kind of bled into it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if my dad was the first one who bought me a comic book, you know, or, or one of my parents. Okay. Um, and it was it was just really cool and. You know, we were, we collected baseball cards back in those days, um, and the uh, there was this place, TJ's TJ's baseball cards and comics that opened up in town. And it was really neat because it was a baseball card shop, but they had all these comics. Um, and so my best friend and I would go there, and then we also found this other place, the Comic Vault, and we started getting. You know, they were cheap enough at that point 
You know, I mean, it was back when when comics were like you know ninety five cents a buck or something. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, that, was, that was in our lifetime, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, it's it's it's, it's kind of sad that. Um, a lot of people reminisce about the low gas prices. Yeah. Um, I reminisce about the low comic book prices. Yeah, I remember um, when they started doing like uh, hologram covers and then they were oh, like yeah. they were like 280, 275 and people would lose, like kids would lose their shit. They're like, who do they think oh, they yeah. are? Who do they think they are? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, where, where the hell do you think I'm going to get that kind of money? Right. I mean, so, the more, most you got, I mean, you plus you didn't have like one issue to follow, right? You you had you had your, your issues, you had your series you had your different uh titles that you wanted to follow so that 275 was not sustainable oh no not at all and it was i was looking through you know I, i've been since we moved here and i've been trying to organize everything and I'm, I'm looking through my old comics and seeing you know what i want to keep and, and you know what, what i'm going to clear out because my god nobody told me that a baby takes up that much room um but uh, try you know it's like i have my my flat and to me you know wally west is the flash and not wally west as everybody knows him now but you know, Wally West was the Flash, um, and uh, like when Barry came back, it was cool and all. But yeah, you know, Wally's my guy. Wally's your dude. And, yeah. I, and I had tons of those, and I had like all of the um, when when like when Superman had started back over, and I actually went back and saved my money and got Superman number one from when they redid it back in like I guess the late eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were a D, you were a DC head pretty much uh, from the I, beginning. So that's the funny thing. I was mostly a DC guy. Uh, but I, I loved I loved the X-Men and I had X-Men and Uncanny X-Men and X-Factor and uh, I actually read Excalibur because uh, the, you know the guy who ran the comic book store said hey you're into all this stuff well Excalibur is basically the, the British X-Men so I got that and I had you know I did the end of New Mutants that, that you know I caught the last few New Mutants turning into X-Force, X- X-Force um, yeah. I actually the Rod Blyfield years was that the Rob Liefeld year, uh, years. The, oh, yeah. Dude, that stuff was cool. Yeah. And then I had the New Warriors. I just posted on Twitter the other day because um, I said, I was like, I saw that I guess they rebooted New Warriors at some point. And I posted the two number ones. And I said, you know, which one of these is your New Warriors? Um, Seriously. Because I, I still have, number Dude, one is. Uh, is I have the first five 25 five. issues in mint condition. And yeah. I, exactly, it, that series was, they killed that series exactly 25 issues in. And started changing everything, uh, yeah. and getting really weird, like uh, third-rate artists. Rage came in, right? Yeah, like, uh, I think the first they went off on it's it's like when um, for Submariner when they let James, uh, uh, John Byrne take over, who's easily oh, my okay. favorite favorite comic book guy of all time, and he banged out like twenty or so beautiful issues, just reinvented the whole thing, and then. Again, he had to go, and then they turn it over to a bunch of hacks. And uh, yeah, no, New Warriors, man, I, I, I'm right there with you. I know exactly what you're funny. talking about. Well, it's funny because New Warriors led me to at one point, and I, I think I ended up selling off. But uh, <laughs> I, I had, I owned every issue of Speedball. Oh shit! Um, yeah. <laughs> and then I had uh, New Warriors got me to read uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah. Which is why it was kind of funny. I heard they were making a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I'm getting really excited, really excited. Vance Astro and all these guys. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And then the first, the first trailer drop, I said, "What the hell's with the raccoon in the tree?" Right. I owned. I would. I bought Superman and Action Comics and Man of Steel and Adventures of Superman. And then they they briefly had Superman Man of Tomorrow. I had that. Okay. Um, you know, and I had like I had the Flash, and I had the Green Lantern, and I, you know, and I was doing all that stuff. I mean, dude, my 
I married a girl who's a pastry chef who happens to also be a huge Superman fan who designed <laughs> our wedding cake, and it's a, it's was it four or five tier homage to Superman. So okay, so when did it? What is just a natural step from that point on for you as a comic book sci-fi fan to just uh, decide to create your own comic book? Like, what brought Red Lance into being? If I, we could sort of get to that. So it was a, um, you know, I, I created this uh, this Olympus Union sci-fi series um, about six, seven years ago. And, um, you know, I, what's it? I did an original trilogy and then I did, um, I, I spun off of that a character that I had created in the original trilogy, this guy Jeremy Force, and, um, sorry, Jeremy Hunter, rather. And, uh, you know, and, and he's sort of a, it was more of a comic booky kind of a thing, but I was kind of spinning back towards the sci-fi stuff for a while and, um, and, and I mean, I, I've been doing the creation thing for a bit, but because I couldn't draw, I never really considered the comic stuff. Um, and then I went to Age of Ultron, and I, I saw it, which I mean, I thought I thought Avengers: Age of Ultron a really good movie. Um, I enjoyed happy it. With it. Happy with all the, the Marvel stuff. Hogbuster. I got a little annoyed at at the way that they were kind of working through um, uh, Black Widow, and um, you know, and it was. It was sort of funny because we had, uh, you know, the timing and everything with the baby being born. Um, we missed uh, um, uh, Winter Soldier in the theaters. So what we did was we ended up watching it. I think we on-demanded it about a week before I went and saw Age of Ultron. And again, in that, it was kind of funny because it's like, here's Black Widow, this badass character. And, I mean, absolute badass. That's pure, where, pure steel. I don't... Yeah, I she's don't, supposed I don't to be pure steel. Why she hasn't had a movie yet, and I don't understand why the first female movie in Marvel is not going to be her. Um, you know, I mean, it's not. It's she's a badass character. It's not like they have like some weak no name. It, it's freaking Scarlett Johansson, you have a great actress playing a powerful character. Yeah, and it, she keeps on being used to further other people's stories, and they kind of almost. I mean, they they made her out to be almost a little slutty, and. I mean, I get, I know the the true history of the character and all that stuff, and I know, I mean, I know what she, you know, what she's done, but they they spin it almost in kind of a funny way, and then I, you know, it was, it I think it was when when I saw the um the post from from Mark Ruffalo about uh, his daughters finding this um this Age of Ultron playset where it's all the guys and Ultron. And then this other thing where it's a scene from the movie, and I'd like to think it's far enough away from the movie, having been out, that I don't have to say spoiler alert. No, no, not at all. There's a scene where she basically saves Captain America's ass. I mean, there's no doubt about it, where she jumps the motorcycle out of the plane. She saves Cap's ass, and then they make a playset out of that, and it's Captain America on it. And I'm like, dude, you, you can't even put her in the in the toy from the scene, that, and it... That sort of started bugging me, and I don't, I don't know why. I mean, maybe I'm more sensitive now because I, you know, I've, I've got a daughter, and you know, who knows what it is. Um, it pissed you off, and, and it bothered me. Okay. I said, how come there's not, you know, how can they do something like that? How come there's not more of an equality? You know, and then I went looked out, and I was like, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff out there, um, where, where the women are strong, um, but. It's funny stuff where it's like you got Wonder Woman, but you know Wonder Woman's fighting in a bustier and, and a bikini bottom. 
And, you know, you've got Starfire who's really powerful, but again, it's, it's like she's, she's, she's in a string bikini, basically, and she's kind of an airhead. Um, and there's a lot of other stuff I looked around at where it's either it's horribly objectified um, or they swing the pendulum completely in the, in the other direction. It's, it's, oh, so you've got a lot of comics where the men are, are the superior and the women are, are you know, are the secondary. So now we're going to denigrate men and we're going to put that. And I said, that's, that's not equality. That's, again, it's swinging too far. I want my daughter not to be someone who's going to go and try and put people down. And I don't want her to go out and be someone who's waiting to be rescued. I want her to be somebody who thinks that, you know, judge people based on their deeds and their personalities, not based on their gender. So, okay, so... You, you see the movie, you start thinking about the portrayal of, of women uh, and, and in, in superhero comics, and then then you then you come to the conclusion, okay, I, if I'm gonna get if I'm gonna get this message out, I should write my own comic. Is that is that yeah, what happened? I want to do my own thing, and it's I I guess like I said, you know, the stuff's based on people I know, um, and one of them like it, it all started really with with the concept of Cinderhawk, who. You know, I started thinking about, and, and she's, a, she's a woman I work with, and she, she's she got tremendous leadership ability, and um, she's she's just, like, really, really hardworking and very, very intelligent, but she's also fun. You know, it's not like she has to go, uh, too many times, you know, you get the character who, when you have the strong woman, she's one-dimensional. Um, and, you know, and this person has has ridiculous work ethic, and yet, still makes makes time, you know, to have a good time and laugh and, and joke around. She's not a bombbuster and, and bossy. Yeah, she's not some sort of uh, some some stereotypical ballbuster yeah. because she, yeah, because that 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 tends to be. I mean, th these are guys ostensibly writing these characters most of the time. Yeah. And uh, at in the worst case scenario, they end up being either uh, fantasies, right? Yeah. Or they end up being kind of guys disguised as women. So they'll sure, be yeah. right, the chicks in chainmail and all that stuff that from yeah. role playing days. Okay, but you yeah. were like, okay, listen, I know people in real life, women and men, but I know women who are strong and have, have all these qualities, but are not these sort of stereotypes that I'm seeing in the in the films. Exactly, and and I the way I thought about it was like, you know, uh, um, well, let's 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 call her Brenda because because that's you know that's um, that's not her name okay. and it's not close to her name, so we'll go with that. Okay. You know, I sort of thought about to myself, what would Brenda be like as a comic book character? What would Brenda be like as a as a as a hero? And um, and so I said, I was like, you know, I thought about she's she's someone who gets the job done. She's trying to stay upbeat, and she's you know she's concerned about the people around her, but she's also concerned about making sure that she does right. You know, and and it's it's more complex, and there's you know conflicting emotions. And that's a well-rounded character, and that's when it sort of started going to, you know, I'm gonna make my own thing. Uh, I'm tracing the steps here. Okay, so you see the stuff in the movies. You start thinking about creating characters that are based on people that you know that you respect, who are more representative of the values that you believe are missing from these films. And then you really just your next instinct was to just go looking for artists online, and you were just like. Yeah. Sending out emails like you were just soliciting them like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I wanted to get an idea of you know what do people cost to to do the artwork and stuff like that. I mean, 
Yeah, and it, and it's and so it's it's just it's interesting. Um, and so I felt. I mean, part of it was that you know what, basing characters on on actual people with with you know reality, it's kind of cool. Um, and I want to try it out. And so I also started playing around with you know what's my what's my theory on on how you know how I'm actually going to make the powers. How are they going to matter? What's what's going to be you know, to me, what's going to be my edge? And, um, you know, I, I thought a lot about uh, the different types of stuff that I read over the years. Um, you know, and, and I had been a huge fan of, of mutants and, and, you know, the X-Men concept in the 90s and, and um, was really into that. Um, but one of the things that, that kind of struck me was that, you know, you kind of have your powers forever. They never go away. You, you know, you don't die unless another bad guy kills you. Um and uh, it, it was interesting that I had actually um, gotten into at one point reading. So I, I like the Beyond stuff. So like Batman Beyond and Superman Behind was Beyond was really interesting because um, you know he's old and and then um, you know when reading Kingdom Come and he's old uh, and all the I mean Kingdom Come like all the heroes are old. And I started thinking about they're old, they're heroes and they're old. Why that just doesn't I don't know something about that didn't jive with me. And I created this concept of adrenals. And adrenals, um, the idea would be that, you know, you've got a gene, but it's not going to trigger until, you know, somewhere in puberty. And somewhere, you know, somewhere between 12 and 17, you're going to get your, your powers. And then in your, your early to mid-50s, they're going to start going away to the point where, um, you know, one of the things that I liked was that I created a character who's, you know, she, she's known as Vindic. Um and the concept behind Red Lance is that Vindic used to be a hero. She used to be adrenal. She protected Centerpoint. And then she hit the point where her powers are gone. But she's not useless. You know, she's in her mid-50s. She's got all of this knowledge. She's got, you know, a lot that she could actually still teach. And so she basically went and she found these people and she created her own team. And she mentors them and she's leading them. But she's not the one who goes out in the field. She's, you know, I don't want to say like a Professor X because it's a different situation. I'm about halfway through the script for uh, for issue four right now that I'm writing. Um, we, we've got a long way to go, so so we'll see how it goes. It's funny that, that there are some minorities in it just kind of by, by happenstance. Um, you know, Stonefish is, uh, the, the person who modeled for Stonefish uh, is is uh, a Malaysian woman who uh, who I know, um, who I mean she was awesome. She actually I don't remember the name of the martial art that she practices, but she had pictures taken of her going through all of these different poses and, and motions and all that. Um, you know, so I know she's under a lot of armor, but but uh, she's Malaysian. Fish happens to be Asian. Is that, What's that? Uh, wouldn't be a Penjack Penjack Salat by any chance? I don't, I don't no, remember. Yeah, no, um, okay. I'd have to ask her again. Are they kickboxing type poses? Were they sort of? Yeah, 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 something like that. Uh, it's probably Penjack. It's a, uh, it's a. Uh, they used it in. Um, if you've seen the raid, um, and the uh, raid two, uh, highly recommended by the way. Uh, okay. It's it's really like a combination of of uh, kickboxing and it, it's very it's it's very aesthetically pleasing. So uh, I'm not surprised that if that's what it is, I'm not surprised that that. It's very comic book friendly, if you will. Well, yeah, I mean, it worked out like it, it was. It was great, and it's. I mean, you even look at the way that that um, you know across the stuff, the, the way that, that Stonefish stands. Yeah. It's like 
it's a confidence stance and it's a you know because it, it's just it's just and that's part of it i think that you know i didn't want to like i said i didn't want the, the, the pendulum swing so far and shout out hey this is a woman and she's confident right. and strong yeah, yeah you don't um, want to do it yeah, over there, there's, a, there's a joke that i remember reading once um that i think it was a, a stephen king comment uh, about um, uh, what was it the, the first uh, uh, of the the Hunger Games books where it says uh, Gale is smoldering, you know, because it tells you right on page seventy two. <laughs> and you know, I wanted to me it was more about let's have them in action. Um, you know, and uh, Bricker is impulsive, and um, and and Stonefish is is stern and, and somewhat you know uh, unwavering in, in some sense. And, um, you know, Raceway has the ability to be uh, impatient, which uh, in, in issue four, you're actually going to start uh, understanding why. And, um, you know, it's, it's the interaction between them. And what I also kind of decided to do was I, I sort of wanted to play with the villain side of things. And especially in book one, it's more about the villains. It's more about the villain perspective. I mean, I focus a little more on the villains in, in issue one and issue two. I get annoyed with your 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 basic origin story stuff um you know the the way that they they as awful as the movie is and it's it's pretty bad movie um but brandon ruth is superman coming back and you already have um you know you already have him him there uh he's already established you know who superman is and you're you're kind of in there and you know what it's very it's very true that there could be people watching this who don't necessarily know who superman is and you know what? Well, they, they mentioned Krypton. They, they need to get their shit they, together. <laughs> what's that? If anyone who doesn't know who Superman is at this point needs to get their shit together. But that, well, that's just me. Well, sure, but but think of it like this, right? You you may have you may have um, you know you may have a father who watched Christopher Reeves, and, and to the father, Christopher Reeves is always Superman, and takes his kids, and you know, and and maybe he's got a, a seven-year-old daughter sitting there who doesn't really know Superman, right? But you're in you're in the action and then during the action you see the the bullet bounces off of him and he's super strong and he's got that heat vision the x-ray vision and it plays it in during that and i'm kind of doing more with that to the point where um I'm not going to spoil anything uh, especially since i'm not done running it yet but you're going to get some like in the fourth issue you start getting uh origin story stuff on raceway and um, and I, I mean, I've written stuff. I did some flash fiction stuff that I threw uh, on on the website to give some additional flavor for anybody who wants to read it. But as far as the comic goes, I mean, I'm going to lead into this stuff and I'm going to add into it. Um, but I don't. I didn't want to necessarily just jump into the where did this person come from and why, because you can spend you, know, you can spend tons and tons of time doing that. The original Superman issue. Um, and, and and there's a great book all about. I wish I could remember the exact name, but if you want, I'll send you the link. Um, it's all about uh, Superman as as the the enduring icon, and how Jerry Siegel came up with it in the various iterations throughout the years. Um, and and in the first issue, he had like a one page intro, and on page one he's he's a baby, and on page two he's a full grown man, and he's you know he's out there fighting crime, and so that appeals to. Me. Okay, so what you're saying is you you like you like the idea of of character development but you you st also love the idea of to hit the ground running a little bit and get sort of get to the good stuff yeah you know you can always flash back into things and 
um, you know, you don't have to, uh, and granted, there's a, a technique that I picked up from, from writing novels, but there's a lot of stuff you know about the background that you can go through assuming that information and then show the background pieces as you go along. Um, you know, let the reader in a, a, on secrets as they go along and, and, and background thoughts and that, but that there's not a lot of need to, again, to, to go into an origin story, a straight origin story, <laughs> that just doesn't appeal to me. And I understand that that the fact that I didn't do a straight origin story is not going to appeal to everyone. You know, some people are going to want to know, um, you know, why why is he called Raceway and, and mm-hmm. you know, where did she get her, her firepowers and all that stuff. But you're going to know, and you're going to get to that eventually. You're going to get to that yeah. eventually, right? It's just you're just not doing in in the classic. Uh, uh, this this always it brings me back to this uh, uh, Pat Oswalt bit. I'm a huge uh, Pat Oswalt uh, freak. Same here. And he does that amazing bit about the. I think I even spliced it into a show at one point. He does this amazing bit about the prequels, uh, Star Star Wars prequels, and oh my god, and he travels back I, in time. You like Darth Vader? <laughs> uh, well, well, guess what? Well, he's he's just he's a sad little kid, like like, and everything. Oh, he's sad. He loses his mom, and then he's sad. Oh, you like yeah. Boba Fett? Uh, right. Well, I'm gonna show you show him when he's a kid, and then he loses his dad, and he's really sad. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I think that's a little bit what you're talking about is this idea of like you know origins are good, roots are good. But this can't be just an indulgent uh, drag-out affair where you're just like, all right, you're just get to it already sort of thing. So, um, so Red Lance, the, the, it's, a, it's a team, right? So yep. if you have to sort of briefly uh, tell me about what the major themes are, uh, what, what would you say this comic book kind of stands for or is about that is maybe a bit different than uh, what else we other things that people have read. Sure. Um, well, a lot of it stems from the concept of, of the adrenals and the you know the person without powers establishing the team again and trying to guide people that you know they're they're able to do things. You got a guy who can rip a car in half, and you know you've got you've got a woman who can throw fire and a guy who can run faster than a bullet, um, and they have to basically listen to and be forged into an actual team by someone who used to have powers and doesn't anymore. And, and it's, it's a, you know, like there, there's a, you know, Vindic has, has a rule. We don't kill. And, and it comes up and it comes up in, you know, in a lot of different stuff. It's, we don't kill and we don't leave people behind. And, um, you know, whether people on the team necessarily buy into that or not in the moment, and blaming each other for what they may have done wrong because, you know, did you listen to the orders? Did you not listen to the orders? And um, it causes conflict because are they necessarily a team yet? And and I think that's kind of the, you know, one of the big things. Um, you know, it's almost, I guess you can sort of look at, you know, early, early in the Avengers movie when not quite a team yet, sort of infighting. And, and with a lot of teams like that, you see like from the early – there, there's definitely a play in figuring out, you know, what's everybody's place and how do we, how do we fall in behind this woman who, she's been there, she's done that, and it's, um, we did a, a short, a four-page short for Stonefish, uh, before we came out with with the the main book, um, and it even talks about how it's like, you know, she sees it as it's your city, I'm, it's your city, and it's like, no, it's your city too, 
and so so there is that kind of play along with it with figuring out what's your place and and you know are we in the shadow or are we not in the shadow and, and that, that's that's going to be a lot of the theme that's going to go on um i mean massive spoiler alert my goal is to one day spin stonefish off into her own title and you know and, and have kind of an epic argument that that you know she leaves off in um so uh don't tell anyone uh <laughs> but uh but yeah you know i mean that's 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 the thing it's like conflict is reality um even on the best teams conflict is still reality and and i want to make sure that that's in there you know with the with the justice league there's always that thing of you know if conflict comes up we'll all hug it out and figure it out and that doesn't play out right to me um you know they they need to they, they need to figure their stuff out but they still need to be a team now, the civil yeah. war stuff doesn't necessarily play right for me in my universe because right. i don't want to go down that route well you know the, the, it's funny uh, the, you mentioned the justice league to me the justice league was never a team uh they were kind of like um a necessary council of the most powerful superheroes on earth in that realm you know and then it feels it feels more like a team when you see like the b team or the c team or one of those okay. other spin-offs but when you've got like batman like you got all those guys in the in the room it just kind of looks like mount olympus you know like there's no there's i've yeah, never you know, there's never been any team tactics or cohesion right it's always been when, when black canary leads the team yeah. um and I, I don't remember how long that you know that ran for, but when Black Canary was in charge, it felt more like a team. A little um, bit, yeah. Or when you, know, you when you watch like Young Justice, which I uh, I was absolutely I think is still one of the best animated series ever produced by DC. And uh, maybe coming back, there's rumor that that Netflix is gonna gonna grab it and bring it back. It was absolutely it's off the charts. It was off the charts. It was deeper than any Justice League story I've ever read. Uh, almost, you know. Yeah. Just because Look, I mean, that, that's though I think that's the in some ways there's um, you're handcuffed with certain characters. Yeah. Uh, and that you know that's another reason that that I, I kind of wanted to go down the road and, and come up with my own stuff is that um, you know they they put pants on Wonder Woman and gave her a, a black jacket. Uh, God, I can't even remember how many years ago that was. Oh, the jackets. Uh, and there was such an uproar. Yeah. An absolute, like, just people went bonkers. And it's like, they're actually covering her up, you know, the way that, that, that people have said for ages. How come she's in a bustier and a bikini bottom? You know, cover her up, cover her up. They covered her up. Oh, my God, it's awful, it's awful, it's awful. And um, Superman in jeans and a T-shirt. Oh, you can't do that. That's horrible. Or Superman no longer having underwear on the outside of his pants. Batman not having underwear outside. You, know, you make changes to the icons, and people lose their mind. Thor yeah. became a woman, and people were up in arms. And yeah. it's like, you can't. You know what? It gets to a point where you can't change the icons anymore. You, you kind of have to. You've got to figure out your stories based around what people are going to allow and. Um, but the changes have to be really incremental, right? Like they have to be oh, yeah. really. Either you build in, you you build in the change. Like Batman, I think was always changeable in terms of look because the idea of him, you know, switching it up and uh, accessorizing was kind of there from the beginning. Sure, because um, he had the weapons and all that. But you remember Electric Blue Superman? Oh, do I ever! But uh, I mean, that, that was. 
That's a that's yeah, a topic on its own. Knock me out of reading comics for a while. Yeah, but you know you have to. It's the times, right? It's 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 always the times. So I guess sure. uh, well, uh, if uh, if is uh, Red Lance, if if I take it back to Red Lance, is, is this happening now in a parallel universe? Is this happening in the near future? Uh, is this hap- what's the timeline it's for this? It's happening now. Um, I guess it would have to be a parallel universe because. Um, obviously, you know, we don't have dreamals in our life, um, in the same way that, um, that X-Men would have to be happening in, you know, or anything with metahumans would have to be theoretically in a, you know, parallel universe. Alternate universe, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's, I mean, you also have, um, uh, I, I also took a, a, a page out of my DC years of, uh, and, and, um, my, a disagreement with, with Stanley, uh, you know, I know Stanley said that. He placed his stuff in New York and Chicago, you know, the cities where everybody lives and all that. Um, but I, I went the route and I created Center Point. Everything's based on Center Point. And I have, I have a couple of other cities that I've all already, you know, started dreaming up the aspects around. And that's Center Point's in New York. And I actually measured out, you know, and I, I set things up. And it's actually just about in the center of New York, um, you know, New York State, where I figured it out. But I wanted a city that I could have freedom with. Um, you know, I wanted to be able to invent my stories the way that you know you have a gotham you, you have a metropolis a, a keystone city Bloodhaven, then. i want to give myself that that freedom um and will they you know would they visit a new york one day maybe but that's not you know that's not where it's going on and that's that's not necessarily how i want to play with it right okay so as it stands now um how, how much how much red uh, red lance is actually available to read to read for anyone wanting to get into this series okay so uh the first issue uh the first real issue just dropped uh on the what was it the 27th of january um and we're right now we're only on amazon and i did make the decision to go um to go entirely digital uh the feeling that there's a kindle app for free for tablets, there's Kindle app for free phones, there's Kindle app for free for computers. Um, so, you know, if people don't have an actual Kindle device uh, and Amazon allows you to get it pretty much anywhere, we have, um, we've had one, one person buy from the German version of Amazon, we have had a couple go through uh, Australia, one, I believe, Jap- Japan that I saw already. Um, so, I, I kind of went that route. Um, we did have, uh, as I said, the four page uh, comic short of Stonefish. Um, I know. I know. We originally only sent that out for subscribers of our, our email list, um, but we will probably look to post something like that on the site uh, fairly soon, just so people can hit it. And then there's uh, a bit of flash fiction that I put together. There's a three-part story, um, and then I believe there's a one. There's a standalone that teaches you or that tells you how uh, how Cinderella learned how to fly. Um, and, uh, and, and I actually decided that we're going to do some flash fiction along the way as well. Okay. Uh, keep going. Can you, can you explain flash, down. can you explain flash fiction for just a moment? Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. Sorry. I, I, I realize that it's, it's, maybe it's not a, a term everybody knows. Um, the concept of flash fiction is that it's, um, it's generally a thousand, uh, words or less. A couple of the stories may go a little bit over that. Uh, but the idea is that it's a digestible three to four page read. Um, you know, it's text only. Um, but it's it, it's a quick read and it gives you you know it gives you a little more flavor. Um, you know there were things that I remember and I still get this feeling. You know um, I'll read a comic and then I'll go I'll go hunting for stuff on like Wikipedia and 
and the DCPs and all that stuff to figure out, you know, I want to learn a little bit more. I want to hear a little more. I want to see another story. And I, I actually like fan fiction. So, um, you know, it's almost like I'm writing my own fan fiction to complement it. Okay, that's that's cool. You're covering all bases. Now, <laughs> we clearly live in a time now where um, the technology that's available to consumers and just to, you were talking about apps, but there's, you know, programs. There's all the stuff that is all relatively available and affordable now to creators. Uh, you got to be thinking uh, that you want to multi-platform, right? You want to cross-platform into other venues. So, you, are you thinking? Are you thinking? Uh, I don't know. Uh, a podcast? Are you thinking um, producing maybe uh, uh, motion comics at some point? Uh, taking into a mini series, a web series? Are you are you considering all these things? So so um, I uh, I do have the danger sometimes of thinking a little too much and getting a little too excited. Um, I. Uh, <laughs> I once spent about, I think, 45 minutes just standing in the shower casting out the, uh, the Red Lance movie. And, uh, <laughs> and it didn't dawn on me that, that I had been standing there for, for so long until the water went cold. Because, uh, uh, you know, stuff spins in the head. Um, so you're way ahead of me on this, basically. Yeah, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, I have thought of who, who people would be, you know, if there was a show, if there was a movie. Um, I'd say that at this stage of the game, you know, the thoughts go something like this. Um, we've got uh, we're, we're, we've got T-shirts out on Public, which you know because uh, you, you've got a Redlands T-shirt. Yes, sir. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, you know, I've got that out there, and we're, we're playing around with um, – we're playing around with – we're actually building – we're building out a game app. Um, that's uh, that's based on uh, the heroes and, and the incinivores, which are like the metallic dog wolf kind of things uh, from, from that you'll see in, in issue one. Um, and then beyond that, you know, I'm I'm kind of waiting to see where we go. My my goal, as I said, you know, um, Stonefish is eventually going to get her own uh, her own title if all goes well. How many issues? Uh, yeah, you know, how, how many that? how many issues of Redlands do you want to do? Um, like in the first phase, if you will, in the first run. How what would you, uh, what would be well, your release schedule ideally? Sure. So well, we we um we started in in uh, January 2016. So in the first phase, uh, I'd like to do 12. Uh, that would be uh, you know one every month for the year. Uh, in the second phase, we'll call that 2017. Uh, I'd like to also do 12. Um, and I'd like to see if Red Lance just kind of keeps on going to uh, you know. If we're out there in issue 60, issue 90, issue 100, uh, you know, I do want it to keep on going. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking to set something up that that actually, uh, you know, it it, it persists. Uh, you know, in the I've got four core heroes in the in the first issue. In the second issue, you know, we introduce one more hero. In the, the third issue, we're going to introduce one more hero. Um, there's a couple more villains who are going to come in. Because um, I felt that trying to throw everything into one would, would be kind of so. Um, cer yeah. Certainly, you're in. You, there's no shortage of ideas uh, for for. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can see that now. So that's that's really I don't cool. Really sleep, so. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. You know, I mean, that, that's what kind of drew me to the your, your whole project too. Is uh, I mean, uh, uh, with Fire in a Hole, you know, it, we were always interested in. 
I guess people are passionate about stuff and you know you just happen to be passionate about something that I'm I'm you know I totally get comic books are I'm right there with you you know I guess what I'm saying is what what I really dig is that I, I really dig your enthusiasm about this and uh, you clearly are not just doing this uh, for fun this is almost like a compulsion like you need to you need to be doing this uh, your some some of your happiness is actually tied to it like you need to get it out you need to uh, approach it uh, and uh, you've also found a really fun fun medium to to uh, be able to do that so listen uh, red Lance issue number one out now on Amazon I'm gonna make sure that the links are are uh, visible and posted uh, you you shoot over whatever other links you want us to to have or uh, in terms of how to interact with your material uh, in the mean, in the meantime uh, I'd like to thank you for for taking this time to sort of give us an inside scoop on this and uh, hopefully you know as you publish more of these stuff we'd like to check back in with you and see uh, I'd love to be able to talk to you like you know in however long and, and like you know have maybe an issue of it in my hand or you're saying you know you're telling me like okay Jason remember all that shit I told you last time well since then we got a movie deal so now it's in development and we're gonna you know I mean like so that'd be I, I will tell you what I will I will make you a promise all that right. if, if I mean first of all I'll come back anytime you want but if we're sitting here and, and it's it's five years from now and I, I'm sitting in the um, in the Hallmark offices and <laughs> and I'm telling you know and we're we're about to launch our 13th title, um, I'll come on on fire in the hole and I'll talk to you and I'll tell you all about launching the 13th title. Awesome, uh, I'll come back anytime you want. I I always remember where I came from and and I really appreciate you taking the time because. This has been a lot of fun, buddy. This has been a lot of fun. Cool, man. Uh, you know, we we I don't want to toot our own horn, but like everybody we've had on the show has says something to that effect, and then you know I I feel like that's kind of the reason why we do it. The fact is, we we have these conversations anyway, but uh, it's just gotten us these great great uh, uh, people at our table, and uh, even you know through this um, through this long distance thing, like I th I think this was a really good conversation. I'd love to yeah, I'd love to do it again. Cool, man. So yeah, listen. Absolutely. Uh, good luck with uh, Red Lance, and um, uh, anyways, I, I'm watching, and I, I, I got my eye on this project, and uh, I'm pulling for you, man. I really want this to, to go somewhere, so best of luck with your projects. Thank you very much. All right, I'll see you soon. If you like the Fire in a Hole podcast, um, there's a couple of ways that you can help us uh, keep the show going and to uh, keep this broadcast um, happening, and how can you do that, Richard? Just uh, check us out on iTunes. Uh, rate, subscribe, uh, leave us some comments on uh, SoundCloud. Yep, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Stitcher, we're on iTunes. Um, spread the word if you like what we're doing. Um, let us know if you have thoughts about the show. And, uh, you know, send us messages if you want to be part of the show and if you think you have something cool to contribute. Fire in the whole podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>